Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Under pressure is what we started talking about last week. How many of you remember this? If you weren't here, uh, this isn't a big plug, to be, but I encourage you to listen to it, okay? We don't get any like royalties from you listening to our messages, but you can actually find them on Spotify. Ooh. Apple Music, which I called this week iTunes. I said to one of our team, is it on iTunes yet? And they went, yeah, about 12 years ago. Um, so Spotify and Apple Music, if you just search Life Church Leads, all of our messages are there. You can find every single one of them. And they are uploaded on a Monday, by, by kind of Monday, late afternoon, they are there. And you can catch up with the one we did last week, which was under pressure. The first few minutes of last week is me being Freddie Mercury, singing five minutes of Queen songs, which we won't do again today. Yes. <laughs> But just to give you a little bit of a recap, if you weren't here last week, um, we spoke a little about, bit about what pressure is. And we spoke about how pressure presses things out of us. It's what pressure does. It squeezes good out of us sometimes. And it also squeezes sometimes not so good out of us. It sometimes squeezes irritability out of us. It sometimes squeezes anger out of us. It can squeeze anxiety out of us. And so we spoke about what does pressure press out of you. And we said, if pressure is pressing on you, then you need to put an equal and opposite amount of pressure on something else. So if I'm being pressed at work and it is causing pressure on me, I have to do something with that pressure. And we're encouraging you to press into God before anything or anyone else. We spoke about how the job of a pastor is not to take away your pressures and for you to become reliant upon us, but the job of a pastor is to help you become reliant upon God. <laughs> I can't take all of your pressures. I can take very few of them. I can barely take my own. And so our job is to lead you towards God who can help take away, and not necessarily take away your pressures, because what we spoke about last week was often the situation, the pressurized situations don't change, but we do. Sometimes we're praying for the situation to change, but the situation doesn't change, but you change. And as a result, the situation looks very different because of what has happened in you. Anyway, that is a little bit of a recap last week. I encourage you to listen to that. Today we're going to do part two. And this will kind of close this two-week little um, teaching we've done on pressure. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Leeds are playing today. Leeds United. Marching on together. Mark 4, 35 says, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. Now that's quite unusual English. A furious squall, I believe, means just a great storm. Came up, waves bashing and everything. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. By the way, if there is a storm at sea, I ain't getting in any boat. <laughs> okay, someone said to me last week, last year, would I like to go on a cruise? No. 
for me, going on a cruise is like, just like a nightmare personified. Like being on a boat, just like, for 10 days, just like that, no chance. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke Jesus and said to him, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, peace or quiet. Other translations say peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I like this passage of scripture and I've always liked this passage of scripture because I kind of would love to be a, I think what they call a fly on the wall or a fly in the boat (laughs) as this is happening because everybody responds to pressure very differently. Everybody responds to chaos very differently. And there are so many thoughts on, I have so many thoughts on what it would have been like as the disciples see Jesus sleeping as they think they're dying thinking, like, look at him. Shall we wake him? And Jesus is just like so in peace in this place. And the disciples, because they are different people, would have all reacted differently in the same way if we were all on a cruise together, which ain't going to happen, and a furious squall came up, we would all react very differently. Some of you would go into hero mode, okay? Some of you would go into strategic mode. Some of you would go into panic mode, okay? All of us would respond very differently like they would have done on the boat. People are so funny, people's responses to pressure. Like you could just, you see people's reactions and people's responses. And it sometimes is funny when you see different memes or Instagrams or YouTube videos. You know, Jay has got this thing, Jay and um, Abs, my wife, his mum, they, they play this game on me where they kind of scare me around the house without me knowing. And so like Jay will be behind the door and I will walk through and he'll rah, rah, every time it gets me. I'm 39 years old. We all respond to those situations very differently. Have you ever been in a rush and you feel the pressure because you're in a rush? You need to get there. There's a wedding and like come on, we've got to get to the wedding or the bridal is like, you know, everyone's pressurised time. And yet there's always someone who should be in a rush, but is far from rushing. (laughs) Do you know those kind of people? Like, you're going to be late for work. And they're like, yeah, I know. Like, (laughs) no, you're going to be late and you're going to get sacked. I know, it's fine. Like, be fine, be fine. Then the manager speaks to you and says, never again. Okay, I'm sorry. And then the next day, you just... Like, do you not see the situation is pressurized right now? It requires a certain response from you, and yet you are not rushing when you should be rushing. We are all different. The reason they're not rushing is because they are not feeling the pressure like you're feeling the pressure. They're not rushing because they don't necessarily have the same value system that you have. And so for you, getting to the wedding on time is really important to them. It's not so important. So they don't feel the pressure that you are facing. The situation is the same, but the pressure is different. 
Here we find Jesus with his disciples in the boat. The situation is the same, but yet the pressure is different. And I love this story because there are two scenarios at play in this story that we read. The first scenario is where the storm at the commands and at the words of Jesus, the storm immediately stops. Jesus wakes up eventually, thanks Jesus, and says, peace, be still. And immediately the Bible says, the waves became flat and the, and the wind died down and it was completely calm. That is scenario number one. And I like that scenario. I, I, and, you know, really the, you could title that when pressure becomes peace. Okay. There are times in your life when you feel under pressure and then just quickly or over a period of time, it becomes peace. Have you ever been there when there's just been like a hectic time and then pressure becomes peace? On Friday, I decided, well, I was helping Stu and Jen Innes move house because they've relocated from one place in Leeds to another place in Leeds. And so I was helping them. Along with Ben Hilton, we were socially distanced the whole time, but we have to help them move house, okay? So it is legal before you start correcting me. And we had to move a washing machine from his house to another house. And um, none of us really knew how to move a washing machine. And so nobody turned off the tap or nobody turned off the water. <laughs> Did we, Stu? And so we pulled out the first pipe. Everything was fine. This is going good. <laughs> pulled out the second pipe, which was the warm water pipe. And let's just say we had a bit of a pool party. As the pressure of the water started to gush through at an incredible rate. Now, there were three of us, and it was interesting to see the responses. As water begins to flood into the kitchen of the house that they are leaving because one person is trying to reconnect the pipe. I'm stood there going, there's not much, I can't really do anything. I can't get there. And like, and then you have Stu kind of running around going, oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Apologies for the Scottish accent, but it sounds a lot better being Scottish than oh no. And at one time he was like this, oh no, oh no. What does Stu do? He rings up his dad, who lives 500 miles away in the north of Scotland. But his dad is a good dad to Stu because he would walk 500 miles. <laughs> but he rings up his dad and his dad tells him, have you turned off the water? No, it goes down to the basement and... And guess what? Pressure becomes peace. As I shout down and go, it's stopped. It's stopped. It's calm. We've got an inch full of water in the kitchen, but other than that, it's calm. That is scenario number one. Jesus is there. Pressure becomes peace. Scenario number two is where the pressure remains 
and the pressure continues with the storm and yet Jesus has peace within the storm. And I say these two scenarios because they are scenarios that will hit all of our lives. We can't always guarantee that pressure will immediately become peace because you find a tap to relieve the pressure. There are times when the squind and the waves will continue, but can you find a cushion to sleep during those times? Both are a win. If, if, if Jesus wants to turn pressure into peace like that, that's a win for me. But it's also a win if I can find peace within the pressure. Lockdown, without being harsh to you, doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. It doesn't look like, you know, Boris is going to do an announcement tomorrow night and go, right, finish, we're done. No, we're going to be under these lockdown pressures for a while yet. And so as we pray for the pressure to become peace, the reality more in this current time is how can we find peace within those levels of pressures? Now, there are practical elements to it as well, because it's easy to say find peace when the pressure, when no income is coming in or when no jobs are becoming available or when homeschooling is becoming a pain in the... It's easy to, it's easy to say those things. But what I'm trying to help you is dig in to this peace that is supernatural that we can find within any of these pressures. And the win is that today you receive a peace as a child of God that your Father has set for you. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 27, read this passage of scripture. I love what Jesus says here in John chapter 14. Jesus says... Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, peace, I'm going to go up to heaven, but I'm going to leave you some peace. And I'm going to give you this peace. What I'm giving to you, I'm going to leave with you. Now, in the passage of that scripture, it is the promise of the Holy Spirit is the context. So when Jesus is speaking about the peace he's going to leave with us, he is talking about the Holy Spirit. As Jesus ascends into heaven, I'm not going to leave you empty handed, but I'm going to leave the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a helper for you. It is an advocate for you. It is a counsellor for you. It is somebody to do life, be there for you so that you are not alone. Jesus knew that life was hard. He knew that life was pressured. That is why, guess what? Jesus gives us help. How crazy is it when help is available and we choose not to use it? And Jesus is saying, the challenges of life will come. Pressures will be there, but I am leaving the Holy Spirit to help you. Don't Ignore and leave the Holy Spirit when you are going through these times because it is crazy that there is something to help you and you don't use it. You are not alone. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is to be your advocate. It's like going trying to do a maths exam and facing the pressures of the numbers on the paper and yet there is a calculator there for you to use and you choose not to use it. 
and you keep living under the pressure of the numbers and yet there is a calculator to help you. Many of us live under the pressures of life and there is a Holy Spirit there to help us and yet we never engage with the Holy Spirit, the advocate to help us through these pressures. And ultimately, I don't believe you can know true peace without knowing the Holy Spirit who resides in you. And so really the aim of today is if I can lead you to know the Holy Spirit, I can lead you to know peace. But only the Holy Spirit within you, the advocate, the helper, is the true peace that we experience when we know he resides in us. You might know how to manufacture peace, but you might not know true peace. There's a difference. You see, we can all try and create peaceful environments. For example, here, here's a little um, environment that we can create and have my little cozy seat here. And then I've got my little diffuser, which is from our house. Let's learn how was the on button. There we are. Oh, look at that. See it? Essential oils. Dim the lights, have my coffee, and then I put some peaceful music on. And this is sometimes how we try and create peace in our lives because we think if I can manufacture a peaceful environment then it will bring peace to my life but the truth is the truth is this I, I can try and manufacture the environment but if I could spend the amount of time and attention I do to create these peaceful environments which are good. There's nothing wrong with these environments, nothing wrong with the nice spa music and the diffuser and the coffee and the comfy seat. All of those things are good. But what they are is they are peaceful environments that you can adjust and that you can tweak. But if you can put that same level of effort into an external environment, imagine if we put that same level of effort into our internal environment where we literally think about things and adjust the room and adjust the temperature and adjust the sound and adjust everything to bring peace to us. If we can understand what it is not to have peace externally, but to have peace internally. You can kill the spa music. It gets a bit annoying after a while. Not that I ever actually sit at home listening to that. We are always adjusting the physical environment, but rarely do we adjust our internal environment. And here's the thought for you today, church. The thought is this. Peace isn't a place that we prepare. Peace is a person that we pursue. Okay? Peace isn't a place that we prepare. Peace is a person that we pursue. Because otherwise, what you will do, and if you think peace is a place that you prepare, 
you will keep preparing places of peace, searching for the peace, and yet still not receiving true inner peace. And so you will move house again because you need to think you need to be in a more peaceful environment. You will have a new relationship which becomes a more peaceful relationship. Can we maybe just put the lights back on a little bit how they were before so I can see people's faces? That would be really helpful in the room. That's it, much better. You will go on another holiday. Why? Because we need a peaceful holiday, although that doesn't look likely right now. We will buy new things because we are preparing places of peace. And guess what? The pressure remains. The waves and the squall keeps going, but yet I've now bought a diffuser and I've booked the holiday to the Caribbean and we've moved house and I've got a new car and yet I still don't feel peaceful. Why? It is because you cannot be in a place of peace. You can only live in peace. You know, sometimes people say, yeah, I feel like I'm in a place of peace right now. You can't be in an external place of peace. You can be in an external relaxing environment which can support and help. And so there's nothing wrong with these environments. Okay, I'm not blasting these environments. But what I'm saying is that is not true in a biblical peace. They are adjustments to our environments. They are adjustments to our atmospheres but it will not take the place of true inner peace. Jesus was on the boat in a storm, but yet he was not in a place of peace because how many of you know, if you looked at the place of peace, you'd never look at that boat in the storm and go, that's a place of peace. It's not, it's a storm, it's full of pressure, but he was in a place, he was in peace. So can you be in peace in a place of pressure? The answer is yes, you can. Why can Jesus do that? It's not that he is ignorant to the pressures. Jesus isn't ignorant to your pressures. It's not that he doesn't care about your pressures. We spoke about a couple of weeks about how Jesus cares what we care for. He cares about our cares and he cares about our thoughts and he cares about our pressures. It's not that he is ignorant to the pressures, it's that his trust is in the Father. His trust is in the Father. You see, you can't trust situations, you can only trust people. Okay, I can't trust in a situation, but I can trust in people. Now, my trust in people can be broken, but I can only trust in people. I can't trust in situations. That is why in Isaiah 26, verse 3, this is what prophet Isaiah says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts, because they trust in you. Steadfast there means to be dedicated. You will keep in, notice what it says, in perfect peace, those whose minds are committed, who are steadfast because they trust in you. The peace that we read there in Isaiah, many of you might know the Hebrew, shalom, means wholeness, completeness. You will keep in perfect wholeness and completeness those who know what it is to trust in him. Because what it is about pressure is pressure breaks you, but peace makes you. Pressure will break you down, but peace, shalom, will make you whole. 
Pressure breaks, but peace makes. And what you see in Scripture, throughout Scripture, is that you cannot separate trust and peace. Trust and peace come together. In fact, I'll go one step further and say peace is the result or the response of trusting. I am in peace because of my trust. Trusting is the work, but peace is the reward. And many of us want to be in peace, but we don't want to do the work of trusting. No, trusting is the work that we have to do. And trusting is not always that easy. Trusting is something that takes time to build trust. But as I grow in my trust, I will grow in my peace, which is the which is the reward. Often, like I've said, many of us want the reward without putting in the work. No, Jay, who's turning eight next month, you know, for the last while, he's been playing outside of our house and we live on a cul-de-sac and so it's quite like a safe area and there's not many cars that come down and and so but obviously when he was younger we wouldn't have allowed him to be on his bike on his own playing on his own out there because we wouldn't have trusted that he would have known how to respond if something happened it would have been poor parenting with others just to let him go out and like knowing who's there and how does he cope with traffic and how does he respond. And because we wouldn't have trusted him to do that, we wouldn't have been in peace had we allowed him to do that. But now we trust him because he's become much more savvy and street smart and he knows kind of, knows, you know, how to kind of ride his bike outside on his own. And if something happens, not to talk to those people, not to go to certain places. He knows that we can be in our house in peace. Why? Because we trust our son. Trust is attached to peace. Trust in him has taken the work, but the peace is now the reward. I'm at peace in my marriage with abs because there is trust in my marriage. But as soon as that trust begins to break, peace begins to waver. Now, my marriage has pressures just like your marriage has pressures. Our family has pressures just like your family has pressures. And sometimes those pressures turn into peace. But sometimes the pressures remain, but yet we find peace, like I'm saying, within the pressures. Now we can either be the pressure police, or we can either be the pursuers of that peace. And what I mean by the pressure police is we can be the ones who are just constantly kind of like just checking for the pressures and finding out what the pressures are and talking about the pressures and focusing on the pressures. And we are obsessed with the pressures rather than, you know what, we have pressures, but we're going to be pursuers of peace. The amount of times I've said to people, stop watching the news for the fifth time today. It's not going to help you. You're becoming the pressure police where you just want to find pressure and find it now. Have you heard, have you heard the new rate is this? The new statistics are this? And no, 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 no. People become, some people have become smarter than scientists. Some TV viewers know more statistics about COVID than they like know how many kids they've got. They've become obsessed, like watching it every day, refreshing, 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 rather than becoming pursuers of peace. No wonder then if you watch the news five times a day and it is causing pressure, you're not going to be in a place of peace because you've ignored peace because you're a pressure police. <laughs> you need to be pursuers of the peace. 
Because the peace of Christ is different to the peace of this world. Colossians 3 verse 15, I'll show you what it says. Colossians 3 verse 15, let the peace of what? Christ rule in your hearts. Not the peace of this world, because Jesus doesn't give us the peace of this world. Jesus says, the peace I give to you and the peace I leave with you. But Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ, which is different to the peace of this world, let that rule in your hearts. Why? Because what the world gives is temporary, but what God gives is eternal. The world offers solutions to cope with pressure. God gives us a helper to carry the pressure. It's a big difference. The world gives us solutions and offers solutions to cope with the pressure. But God gives us the Holy Spirit to carry the pressure. And the pressures we face in life right now and ones in the future cannot be solved by yoga cannot be solved by expensive red wine or better quality pillows, all of which are fine and all of which will add comfort, I'm sure, to some aspects of your life. But it is not the peace of Christ. Yoga is not the peace of Christ. Meditating on some Google website is not the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ is different to any other peace because the pressures we face are to be carried by the one who took it all on your behalf that's why Jesus on a cross he says it is finished you no longer do you have to carry what you've been carrying be burdened with what you are burdened with but cast your cares onto me why because I care for you yeah but if only I can I need more of this this is what I need I need more of this Maybe you need less of this and maybe you need more of this. Maybe you need less of this and just more of Him and pursue true peace, inner peace, Christ peace, biblical peace, Jesus peace. So how do we do that as we draw this to a close in the final minute or two? This is how you do it in Philippians chapter 4. Reading from verse 4 to 9, look what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Petition is basically you keep going, you just keep knocking, you keep signature after signature after signature after signature. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, notice this, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Goes on to say, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about those things. But look what it says in verse 6. If you can just go back to verse 6. With thanksgiving and prayer. Look at this, third line. By prayer, fourth line, and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and then the peace of God, 
So what the Bible is saying is it is prayer from the mind and it is thanksgiving from the heart that as I give that to God, his peace comes to protect my heart and my mind. It's interesting. Prayers come from the mind. Thanksgiving comes from the heart. And so as I give from my mind and as I give from my heart, the Bible says, what does Jesus do? He protects our hearts and he protects our minds. You see, the peace of God is a security guard for your heart and for your mind. For your heart and your mind is the epicenter of your pressures. The epicenter of your pressure is not on your bank account. It is not in your office. It is in your heart and it is in your mind. That's why you need peace. Standing at the door of your life. Knocking, saying, let me in. Let's not close the door to the helper of peace, but invite peace in. You need peace. And that's why you need the peace of God standing on the door of your heart and your mind as security systems in your life, almost like a security guard in a bar that says, if your name's not on the list, <laughs> you're not coming in. You need the peace of God in your heart and on your mind to look at these things that are bombarding you right now. Say, excuse me, if your name's not on the list, you're not coming in. Because you will keep in perfect peace. And it transcends, the Bible says, Transcends means it surpasses all understanding. What does surpass all understanding mean? It means the peace of God in the midst of your pressure does not make sense. That which should be you causing you sleepless nights, that which should be stressing you out, that which should be causing anxiety, that which should be getting blotchy skin and physical reactions to the pressure, it's not causing you that. Why? Because the peace of God transcends all understanding. It makes no sense. Why does it not make sense? Because what happens is God peace, God's peace picks up worry and stands in its place. The message version puts it like this, Christ displaces worry at the epicenter of your life. What does God's peace does? It picks up the anxiety, it picks up the worry and it displaces it. That is what God's peace does in those times. God's peace picks up anxiety and stress and stands in its place. God's peace picks up pressure and stands in its place. That's why Jesus, who is asleep on a cushion in a storm, it makes no sense to the disciples. But to Jesus, it makes perfect sense. Why? Because his pressure, the pressure collided with his peace. And there was enough peace in him to overcome the pressure. And we're going to do that right now. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm invite the band up here. And we're going to close in just a moment. But we're going to put this Philippians 4 into practice. 
Because the Bible says through prayer and thanksgiving. Through prayer and thanksgiving. And so the singers are going to come on and they're going to lead us in a song in a moment. But right now, what I want you to do is I want you to start praying and I want you to start thanking God. You might be like, I don't know how to do that. Prayer is just your honest conversation with God Himself. Prayer, your requests and thanksgiving. What is thanksgiving? God, I thank you that I'm here today. I thank you that I have clothes on. I thank you that there is breath in my lungs. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my job. Or I thank you for furlough. Or I thank you that I still have this. Or thank you that we've still got that. And thanksgiving is so important. Add that to your prayer request. And we're going to see the peace of God today come upon you, I believe, in Jesus' name. And it will be an inner peace that can either take away pressure or will give you peace within the pressure. And so I'm going to invite the band right now just to lead us in this. And can I encourage you, maybe just close your eyes, put your arms out and begin to thank Him and begin to pray to Him. And let's watch peace come amongst us right now in Jesus' name.